0: the complaint inextricable yeah yeah, yeah. it's not <laughs> <laughs> shut up
1: What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the awkward conversation at Thanksgiving to Austin Rivers and Doc Rivers. It's Eric Silver.
0: Eric, how's it going? Listen, if my dad was my coach and then no longer my coach, I'd call a T up on him. Yeah. I'd tee him up. I'd be like, listen, my dad's wild and ref, can you help him out?
1: For context, there was a game recently. Doc Rivers used to coach his son Austin Rivers on the Clippers, but Austin is now in the Rockets. And Doc Rivers was being very angry at the referees during a game. And Austin Rivers went over to the sideline and encouraged the refs to call a T on his father. And then they did, so they called the technical foul. And then Austin Rivers either tweeted or commented on Instagram and said, lol, Thanksgiving is going to be awkward.
0: (laughs) I think I have so much more respect for Austin Rivers now that he's not playing for his dad. Like, that just can't be a good look if you're a professional basketball player. That's the thing is that he was never really that bad. Sure, he's had some
1: embarrassing plays and all that, but if you look at his statistics, especially on the Rockets... The dude belongs in the NBA.
0: It's true. He can stand there and shoot, and I don't need my dad to tell me that.
1: (laughs) That's very true. Well, before we get into some basketball-related things, let's uh, let's take a little bit of preparation time, get a little bit ready, get our stretches on, do some foam
0: rolling in the Teal Memorial locker room. No, she's not dead. I hung out with her last week. (laughs) It's true. There is now evidence that... Heal is alive. There is now a new theory that I'm dead and I'm a ghost and you killed me. Is did someone else come up with that or is this your own doing? I think I saw someone in the Instagram comments say that. <laughs> Horace, this is a really long true crime podcast. Oh uh, no, oh no, we have to shut it
1: down. I hate true crime. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you know who we would never make a gross exploitative podcast about if something tragic happened to them? Our patrons. <laughs> our new patrons. So welcome to the team Charlotte and Trisha D, as well as our new producer level patrons. Dame Judy Dench is my DM as well as Jordan Wood, who had to make his name, quote, I lost a bet to Eric Silver, now I'm a double patron.
0: That's right, I forgot about this. So Jordan Wood tweeted at me and said, oh, the Mavs and the Celtics are playing together, what if I become a double patron? And I'm like, lol, okay. (laughs) So now he's a double patron, and that, kids, is how you make your podcast profitable.
1: That was a very silly bet for Jordan to make, seeing that the Celtics are one of the top two teams in the league.
0: Was in the middle of their 10-game winning streak, but I guess Luca is also potential MVP and fun and flirty. So it's all good.
1: And speaking of fun, let's give a shout out to the rest of our producer level patrons. Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, trust the process. Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge. I worked with Eric's dad. Shoo be dooby doo. I am Adam silver, Blal Johnson, Carolyn Keel and Godzilla got busy. Ugh, I like this new thing. How people just put
0: whatever ridiculous nicknames they want.
1: It's a fun time. And we're a game. As long as you don't put anything offensive or mean towards the Knicks. No, I'm fine with that. I'll read that. I'll yell over the microphone to ruin the audio every single time. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what won't ruin the audio? Our sponsor, Dashlane.
0: Is that when you run the lane and then you do a layup? and then you remember the password to your computer? The second part of that,
1: yes. Dashlane <laughs> helps you fill out forms fast. It helps you remember all of your passwords, and it keeps all of your online data accessible and safe with our all-in-one app. This is good because, you know, say you're going home for Christmas and your little cousin wants to play games on your iPad, and then, uh-oh, he's on the black market on the dark web, and now all of your stuff is destroyed. Dashlane will make sure that that doesn't happen.
0: Oh, no, he wanted to stock X and bought really ugly sneakers for 1000 dollars why <laughs>
1: Dashlane safely remembers and autofills your login information. You're not going to get slowed down by forgetting your password, misspelling your password. If you're trying to get that Disney Plus in the mix, your home, your sister has it, you get the password, you want to remember it forever, you can use Dashlane to make that happen.
0: Listen, if you want to watch Double Teamed, if you want to watch Look at the Irish, if you want to watch Full Court Miracle, it's all there.
1: If you want to watch just the basketball scene from Avatar, you can make it happen. (laughs) So Dashlane works across multiple devices, from computer to phone to tablet. You're not going to have to even remember your credit card it can store that, it can do autofill, there's so much you can do and as a horse listener, you can start using Dashlane at dashlane.com horse, you'll get a 30 day free trial no credit card is required, so that's sweet but then if you like it and you want to keep it going use the code HORSE at checkout to get 10% off Dashlane Premium so again, dashlane.com horse test it out, see how you like it, if you want to go beyond that 30 day trial, use the code HORSE at checkout
0: and you'll save 10%, what's not to love? Yo, that's wonderful Mike, we got another sponsor this week, it's Shaker and Spoon. I love that. I love it too. So we just had our office warming party. Our studio is finally open. We were super excited about it. And we invited Shaker and Spoon because they're out of Brooklyn, New York. And they're like, hey, do you want us to like make you a signature cocktail at your office warming? And we're like, uh, hell yes, please and thank you. So they brought one of their boxes over and in these boxes are enough ingredients to make three different cocktail recipes that were developed by their world-class mixologists. So all we had to do was bring the alcohol. So in this case, it was Applejack, which is Apple brandy. It was Applejack which we made fun of on the podcast before but it was actually really it was good delicious. it was amazing apple brandy and they just made this warm apple brandy cocktail it was cinnamony and there was grenadine in it and of course you can get that recipe if you go to Shaker and Spoon at just 40 to $50 a month, plus the cost of the alcohol that you bring, it is a super cost-effective way to enjoy craft cocktails. It's
1: very good. Makes it very easy for you to look like a fancy boy. You can get those nutmeg nuts because nut. it's just a nut. If you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse, you will save $20, which is about half price. That's pretty sweet. So try it out. I've done it many times before. The boxes are great. makes it super easy. So again, shakerandspoon.com slash horse. Save 20 bucks. Be a fancy boy. Yay, fancy boy. And final note, thanks to everybody who came to the live show in Houston. We are recording this beforehand, but I am certain that it was a blast and it was great. And everyone in the audience who wasn't subscribed to horse is now subscribed to horse and they're all listening to this episode right now.
0: What I appreciate about horse opening for Potterless is like, oh, man, my favorite Harry Potter podcast is coming. And then we're like, nope, you got to go to this basketball podcast first.
1: <laughs> it's great. It'd be like if there was a Kendrick Lamar concert and it's like, uh uh, before you listen to Kendrick, you're going to need to listen to heavy metal. <laughs> But we promise it's very accessible heavy metal. You'll love it.
0: And now the Bare Naked Ladies are going to come out and play a 35 minute set.
1: Can you imagine if they opened for Kendrick Lamar? That'd be the best tour ever. Just like (gasps) Horace opening for Potter. Wait, Bare Naked Ladies, but then for one week, Kendrick comes out and does the chicken to China, the Chinese chicken breakdown. Very good. That'd be amazing. (laughs)
0: and that's what happened in our live
1: show thank you for coming <laughs> thank you so much for coming well eric we are now all ready we've got our clothes on we've got our shoes on our socks are tied up we're all ready to go yes our socks have ties on them and now we can get into <laughs> our first segment which is called full press get it like the news you know, there's actually really great news <laughs> this week, mm-hmm. so I just want you to get into it. A lot of things happen in the NBA, but I think what makes me the most happy and should make all of us the most happy is that Carmelo Anthony's on the team again. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony has returned to the NBA. Big shout out to the Portland Trailblazers for giving our dude a shot and putting him on the roster.
0: Obviously, they saw Carmelo's hat game, and they're like, yes, this man will survive in Portland. Please make him come.
1: It's so fantastic. So they recently signed him. He passed his physical. He's on a non-guaranteed contract. If he stays on the team through the middle of January, he makes $2 million. So that's pretty sweet. And this morning, they just announced the number that he will be wearing. Eric, did you see what number he will be wearing? It is double zero. Zero, which is fun for a couple of reasons. First, Ennis Cantor used to wear double zero on the Blazers, so now Melo gets to take over for that, which is very funny because Ennis Cantor made a big deal about taking over number 11 after Kyrie Irving did that on the Celtics. So I don't think Melo did this, but I bet Ennis Cantor thinks that Melo did, which makes me happy.
0: Putting more conspiracy theories in Ennis Cantor's head is not good for anybody.
1: But the other thing that's very fun about double zero is that when Mello was on the Knicks, he used to end every single social media post with hashtag stay mellow, but the L in Mello was a seven. So now that he has double zero, I can only hope that he will hashtag everything with stay meloo, ah! where the two O's are zeros.
0: <laughs> I saw the um, tweet from World Wide Wob. That was the double zero Portland Anthony jersey is going to be the most popular jersey at Coachella for the next five years. And I'm like, that's true, but also now I want one. For everyone who is looking for get me something for Hanukkah slash Christmas, I think about getting that Georgia Peach jersey, the Vince Carter one. Or if you want to get me the double zero, whatever alternate one Portland ended up coming out with, please get me this mellow jersey. I want it so much. I want to go to Portland. I want to wear it. I want people to high five me. And then I'm going to drink really expensive but delicious cold brew.
1: I would just like for someone to buy the New York Knicks so that James Dolan isn't the owner anymore. (laughs) So if you guys are really looking to drop a a crisp, clean four billion.
0: I love about that. It's like you're that kid who's like, all I want is for world peace. I don't want any presents, but you're like, all I want this year. I don't want any presents, and you can give them all away. But if someone, someone would give James Dolan four billion dollars, I would love that. It would make
1: me happy. I was in the airport on the way to Georgia for Conjuration this past weekend, and there was a song playing. In LaGuardia When I was waiting for my Shake Shack order
0: Classic. And
1: it was this song called Shambhala And I was like Why does this song sound so familiar And it took me a couple minutes And then I realized that James Dolan's awful band did a cover of it And yeah. I'm so mad that I spent Two minutes of my brain wondering And then I learned, without even googling I learned why I remember that song And I was crushed And then I <laughs> ate my Shake Shack in despair
0: Oh, man, I'm so sorry, Mike. But I mean, (laughs) if you're going to eat Shake Shack in despair, at least you're doing it in an airport.
1: Yes, that is true. That is very true. But I'm excited that Melo's back on a team. The Blazers are not doing very well, and they are injury plagued right now. He could get some playing time, which will be fun. I think an extra fun element is that there was a point in time a couple years ago where the Blazers were really trying to court Carmelo to join them, and Carmelo was too good to want to play for the Blazers, so now the roles have reversed. So it's very Mike Jones, back then they didn't want me, now I'm hot, they all on me situation, and I think it's very fun.
0: Two, three on. 330800 for Mellow Foe. (laughs) I wonder if the
1: double zero is because his number used to be seven and this is a roundabout James Bond reference.
0: (laughs) I think you're giving Melo too much credit. Why else would he pick double zero? That's such a strange pull. I love double. I think it's a very fun number. I think he wants to be like a fun guy again now that he has a job. So maybe he's just like happy to have a job.
1: What's also interesting, I don't know if this has ever happened before, but Damian Lillard wears number zero. Or I guess this happened last season because Dennis Cantor was on the team. But now you have zero (laughs) and double zero potentially on the court at the same time and i think that's great let's get a triple zero in the mix why not
0: there should definitely be triple numbers only so that someone could be 420 you can get (laughs) uh, triple numbers on your jersey in pokemon sword and shield and the number of people who've done 420 and then posted on twitter i applaud all of them i'm so proud of you
1: good for them you've all come up with very original jokes no one (laughs) you're all the first to have come up with it (laughs)
0: It's something about doing it on a children's game really pushes it over the edge.
1: The true fans out there make cash considerations jerseys. That's the true (laughs) dedicated fan. I'm excited to have Mello on the team. Knicks fans have this weird roundabout love of Mello. We enjoyed him being on the team. Then the later years kind of soured a bit, but then all of the Kristaps Porzingis garbage just made us love and appreciate Mello again. So we're all big on Mello. We're all very happy for him. And what's even better is that The Knicks played the Mavericks two times this season
0: and we've beat them both times and I'm very happy. It's wild. Aren't they? Doesn't the Knicks only have like four wins and two of them are against the Mavs? As of last
1: night, now we got our fourth win, but before that we only had 3 wins and 2 of them were against the Mavericks. Look, we're just really motivated against Kristaps. There was some really fun stats. Frank Llakyina, I don't know if he had some sort of beef with Kristaps, but Kristaps every single shot that he shot while Frank was defending him, he missed. And Frank has like 2 blocks and then one that was called a foul that was definitely not a foul against Kristaps. So I like to live in a world where Frank is just very upset at Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs>
0: I think this is just like a shared delusion that all Knicks fans have and be like, oh, man, our favorite boy is totally taking away our old favorite boy who sucks now. (laughs) People who listen to Horse and don't really know other basketball just be like, man, you guys know this Frank DeLakina guy? He must be balling, like top 20 player in the league. He's doing great.
1: He's fun. He's killing it. He's speaking in French. He's saying he's a junkyard dog to the media. (laughs) I love it.
0: I also describe myself to the media as a junkyard dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the junkyard dog of podcasting
1: that's pretty good you can make that happen I don't think anyone's claimed that throne
0: yet I might I should I'm just the bulldog I would get in your face and tell you that your edits are bad and uh, that's how I live that's
1: what you gotta do just let people know bark at them bark in their face junkyard dog Eric Silver (laughs)
0: Ho, ho, Apple Podcast Reviews don't do anything.
1: The only other thing that I would like to point out before this full court press is over is a very fun quote between Michael Porter Jr. and Trey Young. Trey Young, noted player who is very good at basketball, but has, because he is young, I will say interesting hair. (laughs) (laughs) But Michael Porter Jr. had this great quote where he said, he thinks he has the best haircut. Seriously. He's always in the mirror trying to get it right. And I'm just like, dude, it's over. I'm sorry. He thinks it's so fresh. It's not. (laughs) It's not.
0: All Michael Porter Jr. knows how to do is play NBA 2K and talk to people online. So he thinks that this translates to regular basketball. So that's why he's calling out Trey Young so explicitly. Very funny, though.
1: And again, Michael Porter Jr., he's recovering from his injury. I get it. This is his first year. He's also young, so I won't say anything negative or disparaging about them. But let me just read you the stats of Michael Porter Jr. this season. He's averaging a blistering 3.9 points, 2.3 rebounds, and 0.4 assists per game. Would you like to know Trey Young's stats?
0: It's much better than that. <laughs> I have a suspicion.
1: Again, this is not to throw any sort of shade. I am just listing statistics that are available publicly. Trey Young, this particular season, is averaging 27 points, four rebounds, and 8.7 assists per game.
0: <laughs> Bad hair, though, unfortunately. I did call Trey Young ugly, but I feel like that's part of his mystique. So (laughs) I'm just I'm gonna say that fair game. Trey Young has
1: been very fun this year, and it makes me very happy. But it's gotten to the point where he's been nutmegging people, which makes me very happy because at Horse we do love nutmegs. Since a nutmeg nut is just a nut. It's just a nut. But a nutmeg in sports is when you take the ball and you pass it or dribble it or do something through the legs of your defender. And Trey Young has done it so much this season that the announcers are calling it his signature move, which That's is hilarious. very fun. <laughs> it's also my signature move on NBA Street Volume 2. Which I've been playing so much because I have my old PS3 at my mom and dad's place and I'm here for Thanksgiving and I'm playing great. I've almost beaten the entire game. I'm loving it. We'll play it when you're here
0: before the live
1: show. ooh,
0: Hell yeah. So yeah, that's all I got for Full Court Press. Like the news. Like the news. Well, Mike, I think that I have a That Actually Happened Here, which may be the closest thing to news. I feel like I'm going back in time and breaking it. I can't imagine what this was like when this actually happened. And this mm-hmm. feels like modern history. I was inspired by our, our equipment draft last episode. So, Mike, did you know that in 2006, the NBA tried to bring in a new ball and everyone hated it? Oh,
1: I do remember this. Yeah.
0: Everything that happens, like, in the 21st century, I'm like... Who decided this was okay?
1: (laughs) It was so strange. I'm very excited for a deep dive into it because all I know is that it was very much a big deal. I do remember that since this happened in 2006, I had NBA 2K7. So when they released that game, it was that funky ball because the design was a little bit different. And then after they went back to the original ball, they had to do a patch update where they made the ball look like the old ball again. (laughs)
0: It's honestly so strange. The first thing I'm going to send you is a rookie card for Rajon Rondo. Oh, wow. And it has the image of the basketball in it. And I want you to describe (sighs) to me what it is. Okay. So
1: he is wearing one of those gross Celtics alternate jerseys where they add black to it, which is always my least favorite thing as an accent color for a jersey, especially because the Celtics have such great ones. But then Rondo has not just one ball, but two balls in his hand, One, he's holding under his (laughs) chin, close to his heart. It's like it's his baby. (laughs) And then the other one, he has behind his back as if he's giving someone a surprise gift of flowers or chocolates (laughs) or something. And it's like, hi, I got you this basketball for Christmas. (laughs) Hee hee hee, I actually got you two basketballs. I'm Rajon Rondo. (laughs) Rajon Rondo also sounds like Amelie there. You know, that's what you got to do when you're gift giving. But what's also interesting here, and I'm sure you'll get into this, is that this basketball had a different design on the side of it. The new one had these swoopy things, and the way he's holding them shows off the swoopy things, which makes me think it was very intentional by the NBA to say, hello, Mr. Rondo, please show the sides of the ball because they are different.
0: They are the swoopy things.
1: (laughs) They are swoopy, and we must advertise our new swoopy basketballs.
0: Thank you, Mike. That was beautiful. And thank you for telling me about the Swoopy basketball. (laughs) Uh, I got the majority of my research from a Vice article and a complex article that talked about the failed experiment of the new ball. In June 2006, the NBA announced that it was making a change. The first change to the ball in over 35 years and only the second in 60 seasons. Gosh. Huge deal. That was the official NBA press release. And uh, like you said, the regular NBA ball is made out of a leather composite and it usually has only eight panels, which is why the basketball looks like it is. But for this one, it's this synthetic weird thing that's made out of um, cross traction TM. T-R-A-X-X-I-O-N microfiber material that is this weird like composite that makes all the lines look really swoopy and strange. Because
1: it's less panels, it's just four and then one is a big X.
0: Yeah, it's like two into each other. Like if you put like your hands together and you were looking at what your fingers look like interlocked, it kind of looks like that.
1: If you want to see it, go to the episode page of horsehoops.com and we will have multiple photos of it, including this wonderful Rayshon Rondo rookie card.
0: (laughs) It's so good. He's also wearing a Livestrong bracelet, which is incredibly 2006. It's very good. So for some reason, the league believed and Spalding convinced them that using the traditional leather ball was too expensive. And by using a microfiber composite that they could like push it into sporting goods and it would make everyone more money. I hate that that is the reasoning. But if it was purely just money, that really makes me sad. It's just
1: pure money. It's just pure money. Mike. Usually people lie about things that are pure money, like Instagram saying, oh, we're taking away the likes so that kids don't feel so bad about numbers uh no instagram you're taking away the likes so that people can only do sponsored posts through you to get the statistics and not do it on their own directly with the creators
0: listen 100 true and the other one is just like spalding said that they wanted to advance basketball technology to make a more optimal ball but really uh-huh. it was just about not making leather balls anymore mm-hmm. which is stupid it's odd that they just started doing this all of a sudden you know, there were some high schools and some colleges that were using the synthetic ball, but it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, this is also David Stern was the commissioner. Uh, this is like in peak David Stern telling people what to do phase. So he's like, oh, we're just going to do a new ball and everyone's going to have to figure it out.
1: Quick primer for everybody about David Stern is that he was the commissioner of the NBA before our current Nosferatu slash Eric's dad, Adam Silver. And Adam Silver's a bit more benevolent. David Stern was very much more mob boss-esque where he was intimidating nobody really liked him he would make these decisions and you just had to live with it every time he would come out for the draft he would get booed and he was really big on, like Eric said, making these rules that just decided this is what the game's going to look like. Most notably, he forced players to wear suits and stuff when they were coming in pregame or sitting on the sideline, et cetera, because he was uncomfortable with the hip hop look that the NBA was getting, mainly spearheaded by Allen Iverson. So David Stern is Basically, you're not cool dad and Adam Silver is your cool dad.
0: Exactly. It's important to note that David Stern did put the dress code in the season before. So he was like super feeling himself at this moment. Mm. So the wild thing about this and the reason why this became such a big deal is that no one had asked the players if they wanted a new ball or if they could test (laughs) the new ball. So the new ball had been used on the two previous NBA All Star weekends, and they were also used in the D League in the 2004 2005. Season. So we talk about we would go to the, the D League, which is now the G League, and test out new rules. So they decided to test it out there. And I think that, like, they might have forced because the NBA had this relationship with Spalding, they might have forced people to do this in, like, the recreational game that it is the all star weekend. But, like, no one else saw this coming. Spalding had also invited in Mark Jackson, boo, Steve Kerr, yay, and Reggie Miller, meh, to test it.
1: Oh, we're talking about Reggie Miller. Let's get an update on what Kodak's stock is. <laughs> Kodak's stock is at a blistering $2.51. It's up 0.020 cents from yesterday.
0: Mike, you're going to get big film. The big film people from Twitter are going to hop on you. (laughs) The thing is, they never asked any NBA players to help. So, as you might expect, when this change came out, lots of people said it was terrible. Of course, we have Shaquille O'Neal, who was on the Heat at that time, and when he was asked how he thought about it, he said, terrible. It feels like one of those cheap balls you buy at a toy store. I look for shooting percentages to be way down and turnovers to be way up, because when the ball gets wet, you can't really control it. Whoever did that should be fired. It was a terrible, terrible decision. Awful.
1: I love it. Shaq, MVP of the podcast.
0: (laughs) Steve Nash, who was the MVP that year, said the ball just tore up his fingers. Ray Allen, who had just set the single season record for three pointers that year, said that he constantly had to lotion his hands because his fingers are cracking and it split like it was fucking up his fingers.
1: I love that this particular article got all of the players that were good at the different things at the time in 2006. Okay, we've got the best dunker, Shaq. We've got the best passer, Steve Nash, and the best
0: shooter, Ray Allen.
1: Survey says,
0: everyone hates it. Listen, I didn't include it, but Eddie Curry also thought it was bad.
1: (laughs) Is that serious? Yeah.
0: Oh, no, there was a quote from Eddie Curry. I just didn't want to share it with you.
1: He was the worst player in the league at the time.
0: And on my beloved New York Knicks. So, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Uh, Eddie Curry said that the ball never left his hand the same way and it stuck to his middle finger. I don't know what that means, but thanks, Eddie Curry. (laughs)
1: Eddie Curry wasn't doing a whole lot of good, so I don't think it matters that much. You can just blame the ball.
0: So as we talked about before, when the NBA players have a problem, they go to their players association and the union is going to deal with it. So on December 1st, the NBA players association filed a complaint with the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, like where people go in unions, like at factories and at other companies when they're getting fucked up. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. You can't just change the most important piece of equipment for An entire industry without asking them. You
0: can't just not ask players. Uh, For some reason, I don't know why this is, but Ralph Nader, you know, the guy who kept running for third-party president and was super into seatbelts, made a statement that said, Mr. Stern, having never consulted the players about changing to a new ball, nor even allowing them to test it before implementation, you have shown the players a great deal of disrespect. Oh,
1: wow. Shout out to Ralph Nader. Secret baller. <laughs>
0: See, Ralph Nader can dunk. I, I That just never came up.
1: One-on-one Bernie Sanders versus Ralph Nader. Let's make it happen. Ralph
0: Nader would would take it 100%. But Bernie's from the streets of Brooklyn, so it's entitled. I don't Have know. Have you seen all
1: these Twitter videos? Bernie's automatic from mid-range.
0: <laughs> Yo, get Yang Gang off the bench? That's the team I want to play with.
1: The, I'm saying the Democratic primary should just be a game of horse.
0: All right, Mike, we're at your favorite part of the story where I bring in science so that you continue Uh, to pay attention. Yes. So shortly before the start of the season and well into the pushback from the players and the unions, Mark Cuban commissioned a test of the ball from physicists at the University of Texas Arlington. Man, RIP to him. Mark Cuban was good. I know. See, just like uh, Harvey Dent, he lived long enough to become the villain. (laughs) Although a lot of the players were complaining about it and Mark Cuban was kind of making a big stink, the science corroborated what they said. The cross-traction, TM, 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 both retained dirt and became notably slippery when exposed to the slightest amount of moisture, like sweat, and bounced differently enough that you'd notice in terms of both degree and kind. The physicists found that the new ball bounced 5 to 8% less and was 30% more erratic in how it bounced, which is so weird.
1: Wow, that's really bonkers.
0: It's just like, it's. The, I mean, the synthetic material just wasn't reliable. I mean, it's all of these different patterns crossing into each other. And like, I don't have one in front of me, so I can't exactly say what it looks like. But, you know, the grain of a leather basketball is pretty uniform, but I don't mm-hmm. think that the one of this new synthetic bullshit actually like, it makes sense. It's totally erratic. I also can't imagine that Spalding like, didn't try to get it wet. Yeah. A huge part of NBA games is the guys who come out with, like, rags and with mops to make sure that it's not wet. Like, that's part of the safety of the game, and you didn't even consider that with the ball? So strange. How, how do you not player test this? This is wild. Listen, Reggie Miller got his hands on it. <laughs> he said it was fine.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, of course he did.
0: Uh, this is a Kodak moment right here. <laughs> (laughs) Between the complaint from the NBA Players Union and just kind of the everyone thinking this was a bad idea, by January 1st, 2007, the new weird synthetic ball was gone. It lasted that long? Wow. That's two months and change. Although David Stern would never say it, he did cave to the pressure. Here's what he told the New York Times. I won't make a spirited defense with respect to the ball. In hindsight, we could have done a better job. I take responsibility for that. If our players were unhappy with it, we have to analyze to the nth degree the cause of their unhappiness. Everything is on the table. I'm not pleased, but I'm realistic. We got to do the right thing here. And of course, the right thing is to listen to our players. That's not an apology. (laughs) It's like, I'm sorry that you didn't like the ball. Yeah, that's really what it is. And it's that, uh, I
1: hate these types of apologies where they say, oh, we could have done this better. And that's on me. It's like, uh, just... Just say I'm sorry for fucking just up. up. Just say you fucked up. To say that you didn't ask players. To everyone out there, especially white men,
0: <laughs> apologize. It's okay <laughs> to do. You can just do it. You probably fucked up. Don't say that you're sorry that other people were mad.
1: One of my old roommates in college talked to me about this once because I used to make a bad habit of this in my youth. And he said this thing to me once, which has stuck to me forever. He said, admitting fault is not the same as apologizing. And that has stuck with me forever. So thank you, Michael Hollis. You've made me a better man.
0: (laughs) There you go, Michael. Well, someone should have done this to David Stern. Yeah. So the whole (laughs) whole reason I brought this up is this happened while David Stern was really in the middle of his whole, I'm going to do things and just tell you them and you're going to have to follow them. But I would have thought that something that was such a big failure for him would have stopped maybe anything that happened in the future. Remember, this only happened in 2006. Mm -hmm. But he was still commissioner for like, almost 10 years afterwards Mm -hmm. so this didn't stop the lockout in 2011 and which went terribly for all people and this didn't stop chris paul from not getting traded to the lakers which david stern came in and said for basketball reasons you can't do this oh
1: we've got to do what that actually happened on that
0: which is wild but like this although he suffered this giant setback he never admitted it was a mistake so he didn't actually learn anything from it that's why
1: you got to apologize. So you actually grow as a human
0: being. And finally, I knew the other thing that you like to hear, Mike. And I went on to eBay to see how expensive these balls were. <laughs> the reason why that these balls are so rare is that Spalding offered a $100 refund plus $15 for shipping and taxes for people who wanted to exchange their ball for another ball. So a lot of them got traded in and now they're super rare. So I went on to Amazon to see if anyone was selling them, and they are used like new balls that are being sold for almost $1,000. That's so –
1: I hate that so much.
0: And I found one on eBay, which is Official Spalding 2006 Rare Cross-Traction NBA Game Ball Basketball 100% New Seal for $700. I hate that
1: so much.
0: So if you want to get me this for Christmas or Hanukkah, just hit me up. Don't.
1: Just don't. Don't. (laughs) Donate $700 to charity.
0: (laughs) And that is when the NBA tried to implement a new ball, but it was terrible and David Stern never learned anything.
1: The moral of the story, if you're going to ask people of changing something that's very important, run it by them first. If you supply the kitchenware for Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, don't swap out the Le Creuset for Ikea pots because they're cheaper.
0: He might notice.
1: And then he might call you a donkey.
0: (laughs) He'll call you an idiot sandwich. And that actually happened.
1: That actually
0: happened. Wow. Uh, Thank you so much. I knew only a little bit of information about that.
1: So it's really great for me to learn more.
0: Makes me very happy. I was really diving into it during the draft. And I'm like, I need to do a whole thing on this. I just, uh, it was so weird because they said they're changing the ball and me and all my
1: friends were just thinking, why? <laughs> what is wrong? I just can't believe that people's
0: fingers got ripped up. That's what's wild. That is bonkers. I think the secret is that Ray Allen just doesn't moisturize well. <laughs> Get some jurgens, Ray Allen. Come on. Or he needed to tell people he was moisturizing because KG was making fun of him a lot. <laughs> also valid. Also very valid. One, two, three, three, two, one three on three
1: so eric for my three on three currently as we record this it's a couple days before our live show and we are preparing for the live show we're getting ready you could say that this is the pregame of the live show so mm-hmm. what i've done for the three on three is the three best and the three worst pre-game things that players do right before tip-off begins
0: Oh, man. I'm excited to do the majority of these. I don't want to say anything because I feel like it's going to be in there.
1: Yes. The ones you know will be in there. But also, I found out about one that I didn't know existed. And now I'm horrified. And that's number one worst. So we're going to save that for the end.
0: (laughs) All right. Do the best ones. I like the best ones.
1: So the three best, number three, involves who else? Of course, everyone saw this one coming. Our best friend, Shaquille O'Neal.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: MVP, of (laughs) course. Pretty much, definitely. His mentions per episode has got to be an alarmingly high rate, which just means the podcast is good.
0: It's in direct relationship to his free throw percentage. It's an
1: inverse relationship, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So Shaq wasn't big for pregame rituals until he joined the Phoenix Suns in the mid-2000s. Uh, The big Shaqtus. The big Shaqtus. So Shaq started doing something that began just in the locker room before the game, but then more and more started to creep its way onto the court. He would take a basketball, and he would line up four or five of his teammates in a flying V-type pattern, and then he would roll the basketball as if he was bowling, and then he would make the teammates fall over in a strike like they were bowling pins.
0: What I appreciate about this is that Shaq, this is just like an offensive lineman touchdown dance.
1: Yep, but Shaq did it before every single game That's when he was on the Suns. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. What's even better is that he gave it an official name because, of course, Shaq did, and he called it Alley Shack, which I guess is a close enough pun to Alley Cat and then Bowling Alley. So, Alley Shaq. All right, there you go. So he did that in the locker room before every game, and then there was the All-Star game in 2009 when he busted it out at center court for all of the fans to witness the famed Ali Shack pregame ritual, and everybody loved it. Because how could they not?
0: I want to go to All Star Weekend so badly just to see all of the shenanigans. It reminds me of like when you're in high school and there's like a variety show and like the transitions are really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I can imagine like people just standing around on the court in between like skits. <laughs>
1: it's just this. I think it'd be very fun. I would love to go. I would want to go to every single thing that takes place the minute that they let you in, lining up outside the door. Make sure I don't miss a second of anything. I want to see every single thing that happens. Celebrity All-Star Game, all of it. Every second of presentation put forth during All-Star Weekend, I want to consume.
0: The Celebrity All-Star Game sounds like the most fun thing.
1: One day we'll get there when podcasts are popular enough.
0: One day. Well, I know that my dad is listening, so just hook us up with some press badges, Dad. Thank you. Thanks, Dad.
1: Number two on the good list is Steph Curry's everything that he does before the game.
0: Uh, all right. Why don't you like what Steph Curry does? I don't like Steph Curry. Why he don't looks do you like, like, like Steph, Steph Curry? We He looks like a seventh grader who's trying too hard to me. Especially with his patchy, weird beard. Like he already looks like he's 11, but then the patchy beard reinforces it for me. His beard is not
1: that patchy, it's just not necessarily robust. But he's a two time MVP. He was the only unanimous MVP. He's I'm so sorry. Good. I'm
0: not a 12 year old boy living on the West Coast. I don't love Steph Curry.
1: I don't see how you don't love someone. He's so lovable and so good and so fun. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Before games, Steph Curry is an absolute joy to watch. He would do all of these actual basketball pregame things where he does a one on one with one of the coaches on the Warriors bunch of fun dribbling drills, shooting drills, etc. He was so entertaining to watch before games. Stadiums started opening earlier when the Warriors were playing so that people could see Steph Curry warm up. When I lived in Oakland during that first title run, I went to like six Warriors games because it was before they were really good. So tickets were really cheap. It was fantastic. And I would go the second that the doors opened so I could watch him warm up. And it was fantastic. When he first started doing stuff, he would take a ball when he was done with all those warm-ups and go to the tunnel. The tunnel is in the corner of the court where people go to and from the locker room, you know, like how we do before we start the podcast. Oh,
0: yeah, (laughs) where we warm up and we hit the picture of Teal. Exactly. He would shoot
1: from the tunnel, which is many steps out of bounds. And then he would sprint, not just run, sprint, into the locker room afterwards, and it's always very fun and entertaining to watch.
0: I do like watching the videos. Wasn't there, there was like a whole ESPN, I don't know if it was an article or it was a video, of the guy who feeds him the balls when he does that?
1: Oh, no, I don't know, I'll have to
0: look. Oh, yeah, there's like a profile about this man, and he's just like, yeah, man, they're like, Steph and I have such a connection. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like a shooting coach on the Warriors, it's great.
1: Love it, love it, love it. After doing that, he started expanding more and more silly things into his game of Pre game rituals. He used to do other sport based things with the basketball. So some of the things include doing a pitcher's windup and then throwing a pitch. Sometimes he would do soccer things of kicking the ball. He's done volleyball spikes and stuff. There's one really great gif we'll put on the website where he does a silly thing and Kevin Durant is in the back and looks very unamused. (laughs) Incredibly (laughs) unamused by Steph's shenanigans. And that's Steph's pregame ritual, which I think is very fun. Oh, that is fun. Yeah, see, Steph is fun. Come it sounds fun, Come I to guess. the good side. He's fun. Nothing, nothing bad here. <laughs> he
0: loses all of his baby fat in his basement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the number one best move is actually shared by two players, but they put different spins on it, so I want to talk about both. The first person to do this is Vince Carter. He would do a pull-up on the rim. Oh, yeah. And he would kiss the rim in honor of his grandmother, which I think is very sweet.
0: What a sweet boy. I I think more basketball players should honor their grandmothers.
1: I think so, too. And Vince always looked really cool when he would do it. I mean, I can barely touch the rim. I know you can dunk, Eric.
0: (laughs) Thank you for recognizing it. I appreciate that. I can't
1: even imagine grabbing the rim. But I also can't imagine having the strength and the coordination and everything to jump, grab the rim, then do a pull up on the rim and kiss it and then jump down. And this is just before the game begins. That's what Vince used to do, but then our good friend Dwayne Wade, he, inspired by Vince because he's a little bit younger, he did something similar. He would jump up and then grab the rim on the sides to where his head was in the center of the net, and then because Dwayne Wade's number was three, he would do three pull-ups. And it looks interesting because he always is very serious while he does it, but by the nature of the way he did the pull-up, Vince kind of did it from the front Dwayne is doing it from the sides. The net gets on his head and stuff when he does the pull-up. So right, he always he's
0: his own three-pointer.
1: Like... <laughs> he's trying to be very serious, but it kind of looks silly when he gets all the way up and the net is draped over his face and onto his shoulders. <laughs> I love that the reason that he did three was because his number was three and it has been for his entire career except for when he was on the Cavs and somebody already had number three or it was retired or something and he was number nine and I wonder if he did nine pull-ups when he was on the Cavs. I do not believe that he did because he was also old when he was on the Cavs but it would have been very funny if he was like, well, I have to do nine. I'm contractually obligated to my pregame warm-up.
0: And that's when he got traded, and he was on the Cavs for like two seconds.
1: And then he was back on the heat, and he made his number zero so that he never had to do pull-ups again.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. All right, give me the bad ones, Mike. I want to hear the bad ones. I want to hear your bad opinions. I am 95% sure I want to hear your hot take on LeBron's pregame warm-up.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that is the number three. I want to give some honorable yeah. mentions, which I will talk more in detail at the five on five. The ones that didn't make the cut that you can go to patreon.com slash hoops and see more of the write up. Monte Ellis used to dip his hands in hot wax before a game started. Good. And Jason Terry, the night before a game used to wear the shorts of whatever team he was playing the next night to bed.
0: Jason Terry is fucking wild.
1: Guy is bonkers. So those are honorable mentions. You can learn about those at patreon.com. But let's get into the three bad ones. You called it. Number three, bad. LeBron doing the chalk thing is bad for many reasons. What LeBron does now, he's only ever done this when he was on the Cavs. I'm not sure if he's been doing this on the Lakers.
0: I don't think so. I don't think he has I feel like we would have seen it.
1: He takes chalk, puts it into his hands and then doesn't really rub it in or massage it around like you are supposed to do with chalk to <laughs> avoid blisters. He would just take the chalk in his hands and then throw it up into the air, both hands and stick his arms out wide like he was Jesus Christ and let the powder of chalk rain down as everyone looked and cheered and people took photos of it. Now this is this is bad for many reasons. <laughs>
0: What chalk gets everywhere. That's not fun. That's not fun for anybody. Number one,
1: chalk gets everywhere. Number two, Uh, you're wasting chalk. And number three, this is just a ripoff of Michael Jordan. Did you know that Michael Jordan used to do a chalk thing before he started games? No. Michael Jordan, who LeBron always says that he doesn't want to be compared to. Well, maybe you shouldn't do this chalk thing, LeBron. Michael Jordan used to take some chalk or talcum powder or whatever it is to keep his hands fresh. He would put it on before the game, before the tip-off started. And then he would clap his hands to kind of get off the excess. Now, sometimes when he would do this, it would be close to the broadcasting booth just because they keep the chalk and all that kind of thing at center court. Where yeah, Because
0: Michael Jordan's an asshole.
1: Well, I, I don't know that it started as an asshole thing. But I think what happened is that he started doing this and the broadcasters gave him some grief because every now and then he would do it close to them. They would get this excess chalk that he clapped onto them. So the Bulls broadcasters had a running bit where they would bring different devices to protect them from getting chalk on them. So they have used gas masks. They have used little <laughs> doctor masks. They've used those construction masks. There's one, and we'll put this on the website where they both pull out umbrellas before Michael Jordan claps his hands.
0: That's so. Beautiful.
1: And then at that point, you know that they got to be messing with each other. So, you know, he has to be clapping it as close to them as humanly possible. So this is just very fun. And Michael's actually using the chalk in a real way. You can see him actually rub it in his hands and do all this stuff. Whereas LeBron just does it to toss it. And I don't like it. And (laughs) another thing I don't like is that when he came back to the Cavs, he at first didn't do it. But then he tweeted and he was like, hey, guys, should I bring back the chalk thing? Let me know. Yes or no. And and then was like, oh, the fan. Have spoken. Uh.
0: I mean, from a man who has forced Anthony Davis to participate in Taco Tuesday, <laughs> I am 100% not surprised.
1: Yeah, so that's number three. Not a big fan. Number two is one that was hard to determine if it was good or bad, but there is a slight detail that has made it bad. And this is Kevin Garnett headbutting the stanchion before the game starts. <laughs>
0: Yep. I love this one. Um, when Kevin Garnett was on the Celtics, I distinctly remember their pre-show video that went on the Jumbotron. He mm-hmm. would always end with just Kevin Garnett screaming. Yep, It's just like everything he does is terrified. <laughs> so Kevin Garnett
1: would get all warmed up for the game, shoot around, running, stretching, etc. To the point where he was kind of sweaty. He would go over to the stanchion, which is the support system that holds up the backboard. And the base of the stanchion is that padded area right by the baseline. And he would stand in front of it, pause for a little bit. Then he would tighten the waistband of his shorts and then headbutt the stanchion a couple times with his sweaty, bald head. (laughs) And he wouldn't just touch it. He looked like he was trying to break the stanchion every time and then go back to center court and take the tip off or stand around if he wasn't doing the jumping. Amazing. I've deemed this as bad because now he's getting sweat on the stanchion, which is not nice. That's (laughs) gross.
0: So far, so far your reasons have been, you get things in places that shouldn't be there and I don't like it. You're just making things harder for
1: the people that have to clean up stuff and that's just rude. (laughs) It's like if you were at a restaurant and you had crumbs on your plate and then you decided just to sweep them onto the floor. People used to do that at Papado Seafood Kitchen all the time and it was so frustrating because the floors were carpet and the tables were wood and it is so much easier to get crumbs off of wood than it is carpet. I used to come through with a vacuum after people would leave. Oh, it was so frustrating.
0: it all comes back to Papado Seafood it All
1: roads lead to Papado Seafood Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Garnett with the number two, bad. It's kind of funny. Again, we'll put a video of it so you can watch it. It's just strange. I was looking up all of these different ones, and some article took some great artistic liberty. I don't think that this was Kevin Garnett's intention. I think this is just him hyping it up. But one writer decided to say, this is Kevin Garnett symbolizing that he's breaking out of his cage and letting the animal fight for a 48-minute bout.
0: (laughs) Kevin Garnett is so bananas that you need to try to put some sort of reasoning on it. It's like if there's just a man who is that intense and screams at everyone all the time, a man that would tell his maid to put the TV on for his dogs to watch him because they need to see daddy go to work. Like, you need to you need to figure out what the psychology is below the surface. I
1: think I figured it out. I think Kevin Garnett is the Jackson Pollock of the NBA <laughs> because... It's someone clearly showing some sort of aggression or anger or internal feelings and then everyone else trying to put spins on it to, to be some bullshit that might not be it. Oh, you can see that Jackson Pollock was really gripping with his self-identification because he used red instead of just shades of black and gray. Same thing, Kevin Garnett is headbutting the stanchion because he's releasing the caged animal. No, he's just a ridiculous human. <laughs> He just loves throwing paint, guys. I've never heard an interview with Jackson Pollock, but I would love if he meant no artistic depth at all with his paintings. And he was just like, yeah, I like throwing paint.
0: Yeah, you know, um, Jackson Pollock would always scream for like 20 seconds before he started painting. <laughs> ah! And he also intimidated Ray Allen.
1: (laughs) So let's get into number one. This is one I had never heard of, and it's so wild and scary, and I feel a little uncomfortable. (laughs) It's about your Celtics, and it's about longtime legend Bill Russell.
0: Oh, my God. Bill Russell was from an NBA where you could just, like— This is like when I was talking about uh, Wilt Chamberlain a while ago. It was just like, Mm -hmm. man, there were literally no rules. No rules and no teams in the league. There were like
1: 10 teams.
0: Yeah, you could just do whatever you want and no one would know about it. So do you know what Bill Russell used to do before games? I'm not going to be surprised, but no. You might
1: be. So here is a quote from John Havlicek, former Celtic player and fellow Hall of Famer. Quote, He used to throw up all the time before a game or at halftime.
0: Yes, I did know this. It's because he was super nervous. Yeah. You know who also does this? Bill Hader used to do this before every SNL taping.
1: Oh, wow, wow. Shane Betty used to do it in college too, but he used to do it into a towel, which feels really bad. Ew. (laughs) That's nasty. I hate that. Havlicek goes on to say, quote, a tremendous sound, almost as loud as his laugh. (laughs) It's a welcome sound, too, because it means he's keyed up for the game. And Uh, around the locker room, we grin and say, man, we're going to be all right tonight.
0: I mean, okay, that sounds like such a coping mechanism. You're like, oh, man, one of my coworkers vomits every time we're going into a meeting, but he always crushes the meeting. So This is
1: good for us that he's throwing up on a regular basis.
0: We're all fine with it. Like, Jesus Christ.
1: So the players were fine with it, but coach Red Auerbach, who is a bit intense, took it to the next level because prior to a playoff game that they were playing against the Philadelphia 76ers, Auerbach had not yet heard the familiar sound of his quote, explosive heaving, <laughs> which apparently you could just hear as they warm up. So he stopped the team's pregame warm up and didn't allow them to return to the court until Bill Russell threw up. So this became the worst type of superstition. So they waited until Bill threw up, and then they went back on the court to start the
0: game. This proves that like 80% of being a sports coach is just like nonsense and superstition. Red Auerbach is one of the best coaches in any sport of all time. And he's just like, oh, nope, got away from my star player to toss his cookies before we can really get ready. I just, uh,
1: the NBA back then, so wild. People played sports in Chuck Taylors, which are basically sandals with some nylon on the side. Yep. Yeah and people are throwing up before games. People are smoking cigarettes at halftime. People are doing coke all the time. It's so strange to look at what the NBA used to be. And now where people do ice baths and hyperbaric chambers and specific diets and specific naps and stretching and compression tights and all this other stuff. And back then it's like, yeah, I got to throw up before the game, you know, get rid of all my nutrients and liquids inside of my body, keeping me alive
0: one true but two i feel like bill russell could not not do it like regardless is like i'm gonna do my ice bath but i gotta vomit real quick because i feel bad (laughs) like regardless i think he would have done that anyway Uh,
1: so yeah those are the three best and the three worst nba pregame rituals eric and i will be doing all six of these before the live show on thursday
0: (laughs) yeah we'll make sure to mic up uh me vomiting super hard (laughs) We can't start until you do. That's fine. <laughs> oh, hey, everybody, wait for Eric to vom,
1: and then we'll be ready. Don't worry. We've got a wireless mic in the bathroom, so we'll all hear the explosive heaving. <laughs> it's
0: f- terrible. So bad. <sighs> oh, man. Well, I am going to try to throw a microphone from the back of the theater to the front, <laughs> just like <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll then headbutt it so loud that it breaks.
0: I'm just going to stand up and scream.
1: And then I'll pour chalk all over it until the microphone malfunctions.
0: That's, I think we're just going to ruin the venue.
1: We will never be welcome in this town again. That's fair. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Horace. Horses, is hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campomanis. And the website is by Kelly Beckman.
0: Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Seth Tortesta, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge, I Work with Eric. Dad, shooby Do We Do? I Am Adam Silver, Bilal Johnson, Caroline Kyle, Godzilla got boozy. Dean Judy Dench is my DM, and I lost a bet to Eric Silver, and now I'm a double patron. Haha, <laughs> Jordan Wood. You know it's part of my pre-game ritual whenever we start horse?
1: You yell mean things at Brandon to feel good about yourself.
0: I do do that. But also I go on the internet and I check out what's happening with horse's social media. You can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook and on Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter because as we say every episode it's because Horse Hoops was made
1: of traction fiber (laughs) TMTMTMTM.
0: That's true and then it got banned. Uh, Our website is HorseHoops.com which has all of our research and the visual stuff you didn't see because this is a podcast.
1: And if you want some bonus content like the Five on Fives or the streams or me and Eric doing overtime where we talk about various NBA stuff, maybe potentially bonus clips of other things from the live show. Who's to say? You can go to patreon.com
0: slash Mike, you know what team should have signed Mello? Multitude. It was well, yeah. Multitude. We can really use Mellow, too. We <laughs> A studio manager. Multitude is a collective of awesome people who make awesome podcasts. That's all of our shows together. But this week, I want to talk about our new studio. Yes, the new studio. Our studio is done and it's available to rent. You can also read about how we built it and you can see where the medium is and this blog post and all this stuff that we have there. You can go to multitude.production/slash studio to check that out. We are in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We're accessible to almost all places in New York City and you can be. Go check us out there. And as
1: we round out every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it is only fair that we pay homage to NBA legend, Bill Russell, by vomiting on the count of three. No,
0: (laughs) no, it's so mean to someone who puts (laughs) this in their ears.
1: Okay, fine.
0: Uh, What was it? Melu? You said melu?
1: Oh, yes. Stay melu. So yes, yes, let's instead, we'll put our hands in the middle and we'll say stay melu so that we all remember to stay mellow. One, two, Two, three, three.
0: Stay Stay Malou. Malou! I do want that jersey. I really want it.
1: I want to get it, but then instead of Anthony on the back, I want to get Stay Malou on the back.
0: You might be able to get that. I'm sure he sells it.
1: You can. It would be custom. That'd be great. Hello! If you're hearing this, that means you get the internet. And if you get the internet, that means you can watch the live stream of the live show that we just did recently. We did a half the noose Olympian, half Potterless live stream live in North Carolina, and it was an absolute blast for TNO. We did the first two chapters of the first book in the Heroes of Olympus series. And for Potterless, we did an improvised Big Brother format where we put a bunch of Harry Potter pets in a battle to see which magical pet would reign supreme. The video has gorgeous visuals and crisp audio, and it's a multi cam. So it feels very dynamic. Like you were there. You can watch that stream until March 17th at 1159 PM. And you can get tickets at my website, shub.es slash tour. Again, that is shub.es slash tour to watch the replay of the half Potterless, half the new Olympian live show that we did recently. I hope you enjoy it.